Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank good. you. Good. So, we have a few little items here today to go over. Uh, I'm just wondering, uh, I always like to look, well, which one is going to be really super positive? The, <laughs> the war has ended and we're living in peace and prosperity. Yeah. <laughs> Can't find one of those, but uh, we'll report things as we see it. Uh, I want to start off with talking about one of my least favorite uh, former head of the CIA. Yeah. I, th I think that name is... Pompeo or yes. something like that. He was a, we spent a little bit of time in Congress together, as I recall, but uh, I didn't get to know him. Uh, I had no need to. <laughs> but uh, I'm not surprised that I wasn't very uh, strong supporter of him when he was in the CIA. And he is furious. He's furious at Yahoo, I think it was. They, they came out with, uh, with a report that during the Trump administration and with uh, uh, with Pompeo at the CIA, they made attempts to either kidnap or even assassinate uh, Assange. And, uh, and I uh, refresh my memory on this. And you know, he was he was indicted during the Trump administration. You know, and that would have yeah. had to do with with Pompeo and others. So anyway, the uh, the story got out and made made people unhappy. And I thought, you know, at first I thought, you know, why why does Trump do this thing? This is horrible. Because I had remembered him saying something about Assange being mistreated. Yeah. So uh, so I don't know what Trump's opinion was, but we do know that we've been critical of uh, Trump's appointments. He makes he made appointments carelessly, and sometimes they uh, didn't even represent Trump's views. He certainly didn't uh, re represent uh, you know a hardcore libertarian view oh, yeah. either. So, but but this has uh, sparked a big big uh, debate, and Pompeo has has an answered back uh, to this. And he wanted to make a strong point uh, that uh, he, he was very proud of what they did and that he never confessed and said they did it, but he didn't deny it. Uh, and I think the, uh, when you read what, uh, that Pom what Pompeo said, he, they certainly did try. That was, that was the impression I got from what he said. Uh, because he has such a, his justification was he had a very strong a desire to protect real national security. I wonder what unreal national security <laughs> is. Uh, I think uh, most of the time the word national security is used carelessly and casually to justify doing something that is not in our own interests, even though they're pretending uh, the world will come apart and somebody's going to bomb us the next day if we don't go along with it. But they call it national security because then that neutralizes anybody who would say anything because he'd be unpatriotic and, and and so that that sort of narrows things down to what opposition can say and have a debate over and uh if if that if that's the case that's what they were making the effort to do to show this was a proper function it was necessary pompeo was not bashful about this but uh from the very early on of my getting involved in in uh, in politics uh, i became very very leery of the CIA and uh, certainly over the years it's gotten uh, a greater concern 
because I think a CIA as, a, as the outfit that does, uh, that's involved in assassinations. And I think that if you just look at even the ordinary news, you could find a lot of instances that the CIA was involved and nobody's arguing yes or no. And, and here, even on this one, there's, there's no denial that they were involved in this, and, and, but it was for national security, so we're supposed to forget it. Yeah, well, this was a follow-up to, a, to an investigative piece that Yahoo News did, I think, last week. Uh, and it reported that, reportedly, there were discussions within the Trump administration back in 2017. What are we going to do about Julian Assange? What are we going to do about him? And was brought up in the context of those discussions. Maybe we should kidnap him. Maybe we should assassinate him. Uh, apparently, I mean, it's a lot of it reads like something out of a spy novel. Makes you wonder about some of the imaginations of those that may have leaked this. Uh, but the idea maybe to to smash into a Russian uh, embassy car in yeah. Ecuador if they needed to, you know, to do that. Um, sounds pretty pretty wild, but whatever the case, the, the the real reason why this is our number one story today is because of Pompeo's reaction. Now, r remember, we and a, the probably the vast majority of the world, like ninety percent of the world, consider Assange to be a journalist, a publisher, and a journalist, uh, and that's what journalists do. Well, Pompeo was asked about this report, and he said, "I make no apologies." about this report. He didn't say it's true or false, but he makes no apologies. And then, of course, he talks about uh, we have to work diligently to make sure we're able to protect this important sense of information, whether it was the cyber actors in Russia or the Chinese military or anyone else. So he brings it in the context, again, of this false, this false, absolutely disproven, of course, the basis of the Russiagate scam. Again, he's promoting it, which is that somehow Russia hacked the DNC servers, which we know is not true, because the head of the, of the uh, organization hired to look into it, hired by Hillary to look into it, uh, said we had no proof that the Russians hacked. There was no proof at all. See, uh, we happen to endorse the principle that journalists and uh, whistleblowers uh, are very, very helpful to us. Yeah. Because to me, what they're doing is revealing the truth. Now, what is the enemy of dictators and tyrants? Is the truth. They, they can't survive without it. And they're very paranoid about this. So they, they don't even say, well, you know, and be, be wishy-washy on the answer. Boy, they come down and say that uh, this guy's a scoundrel. We don't want to hear anything about it because they really fear telling the truth. And uh, there's some polling and things going on uh, in recent months, in recent years, and recent decades. The American people, you know, are catching on to a lot of this. Uh, that, uh, that that when somebody tells the truth, uh, they're they're going to be in big trouble. And sometimes sometimes you go to jail if you're a whistleblower. Sometimes you go to jail yeah. uh, for this. So th this is this is not good. Uh, but uh, I think I, it has to have some political significance. I, I you know, sadly, uh, don't think this will hurt uh, tr Trump politically. You know, yeah. uh, it might fit into it from the frustration I have is is the indecisiveness of, uh, you know, well, yeah, he was a pretty nice guy. Oh, you know, uh, maybe he's been mistreated at the same time. You know, he went along with uh, the Pompeos. You know, it says volumes about the values that the U.S. government pretends to uphold, claims to uphold, and the actual values that it does uphold. Because can you imagine if it was Putin 
And they said, well, we uncovered a plan from Putin to assassinate uh, a journalist, an opposition journalist who was bringing up the dirt on Putin. And Putin came out and said, yeah, I make no apologies. I was trying to kill the guy. He was, you know, <laughs> taking the state secrets away. You know, so the idea, we proclaim that we have this great respect for journalism and opposition journalism. The reality is, behind closed doors, the plan is you've got to kill this guy because he's, he's showing the crimes that the CIA has committed in our names and with our money. Right. So, want to go on to the next thing, unless yeah. you have another point you want to make there. But, um, you know... Uh, this is on regular TV a lot, and they're making the point, and there is a division now in the Democratic Party, more than I would have expected, you know, because uh, they were very unified before the election because they didn't care who they were electing, and, and maybe that's why we have our current president. They, they did not care because the hatred was all directed uh, toward uh, Trump. But right now, the Democrats are fairly well split. They're arguing pretty strenuously over the budget, and uh, they're even involved in uh, foreign policy and how the Afghan war didn't end and yeah. who's to blame. So that that's going on. But uh, this is reflected in the polls, uh, the, uh, the the conventional polls, the public polls, and it shows that, that uh, Biden's in, in bad shape. So sometimes I, I don't think any of this stuff on a major news network as it comes by because it's true and uh, it, there seems to be a strategy and I just wonder what the strategy is long term on what they expect to do in this next few years uh, who's going to be the president who's going to be the vice president and what's what's going on yeah but uh, there's no doubt that uh, the American people uh, don't trust uh, uh, Biden but we might say we could make, get some pretty good statistics if they were honestly done of the of the decrease in trust uh, with the American people over decades, yeah. because it certainly has gone down a whole lot. Yeah. Well, we wanted to look at some poll numbers because poll numbers are also always very interesting. And in fact, let's look at this uh, this first clip that we have. Of course, there is a lot of editorializing in this title. Anyone who studied or is familiar with the craft of journalism would see that. However, let's read it. This is CNBC. Unvaccinated Americans falsely say the need for booster shots proves COVID vaccines don't work, Kaiser survey shows. Now, anyone writing a, a normal headline would just say unvaccinated Americans say the need for booster shots proves COVID vaccines don't work because that's what the survey was. But there was an editorialization that, but it doesn't matter because the important part of this is not about whether they work or don't work. It's about the attitudes of Americans that we're trying to discuss in this segment. And let's look at this next one because here is from that survey, and what it shows us is something incredible, which is the huge divide in opinion between those who are vaccinated and those who are unvaccinated, their perception. Now, the question is, which comes closer to your view about the news that some people might need boosters? The first one, it shows the vaccines are not working as well as promised. And that among the unvaccinated, 71% said the need for boosters shows that there's something wrong with the vaccine. Those who are vaccinated, only 19%, uh, you know, uh, uh, one in five say that that shows that there's a problem. The second question, well, that shows that the scientists are continuing to find ways to make them more effective. Now, that was very popular among vaccinated. 78% agreed with that sentiment, and only, again, 22% of the unvaccinated thought that that meant that they're working hard 
to make them more effective. So you see, Dr. Paul, almost a mirror image between vaccinated and unvaccinated, their attitudes, their views about uh, what the booster shots mean. But, there, but there's also another division, and it's the political division, conservative Republicans and liberal Democrats, yeah. that goes to show not so much that they have deep thinking people on both sides and they're making these decisions. It just means that the propaganda machine uh, works uh, to a degree and they appeal to certain groups and, and they were able to, uh, uh, you know, con convince the, those on the left side that uh, you need government to solve all the problems. Okay. If you're if you're a conservative or a libertarian, that means you despise government and you don't like people and, <laughs> and you would allow people to die and this sort of thing. and. Uh, you, you, you silly folks, you even want to quit fighting wars overseas uh, for 20 years at a clip uh, because there's no purpose in it. No, they, 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 they won't uh, accept that. But uh, no, I, th I think that uh, the, the, uh, the, the polling is important and does show uh, some, but it has a lot to do with propagandizing too. Yes, it does. Well, here's a second set of polls that we were looking at today that were fascinating. And it explains a lot, actually, and the trends are not looking good for Biden in his attempt to control the narrative on COVID. Let's look at that next one. This is an Ipsos-Axios poll uh, on Americans' trust in Biden. And it's fascinating because Americans' trust in Joe Biden to provide them with accurate information on COVID is on the decline, according to the latest Axios-Ipsos coronavirus index. Fewer than half... This is of all Americans, not vaccinated, not Republicans. Fewer than half of all Americans now say they trust the president. That's a 13 percentage point decline. And let's look at this next one. Now, here's the graph that will show you. Uh, the next clip here is the graph from this same article. Trust in Biden to provide accurate information on COVID declines. This is from uh, January. Uh, the total was... 58% solid majority believe that he provides accurate info. And now the recent 24 to 27 September poll, that has slipped down to 45%. Again, that's Republicans, Democrats, and independents who now do not believe that Biden is providing the right information. And you scratch your head a little, Dr. Paul, and wonder why. Well, here's a couple of clips that might kind of make you wonder if what the administration's saying in reality might be at odds with each other. Let's look at this next one. This is from Fortune magazine this morning. Harvard Business School, top business school in the country, they've decided to move their schooling and move their lessons back online. After a surge in breakthrough COVID-19 cases, last thing, Dr. Paul, is the paragraph explaining it. If we can put that next one on. And this is maybe why people are st kind of stopping and not trusting as much. And we talked about it yesterday. They have a problem. It's being very difficult for the administration to explain this to people. But here's Harvard as an example. 96% of their employees and 95% of the students were vaccinated. That's a much higher rate than the U.S. adult population, which is currently just at 64%. Uh, but they said here is the spokesperson for the Harvard Business School, quote, in recent days, we've seen a steady rise in breakthrough infections among our student population, despite high vaccination rates and frequent testing. So they put it all back online. That might be why Americans are saying something is not making sense here. Well, I, I think the opposition uh, to a more sensible approach and a voluntary approach 
would, would be the uh, number of people who are catching on in regular media. They don't have to read Internet's uh, remote and people who are in the conspiracies and all. It, they say, well, if uh, they, everybody has to be vaccinated, and you just made some points. <laughs> they, 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 they not, <laughs> they're not doing much better. But, but the whole thing is, if, if they worked at all, why is it that the enemy is the unvaccinated, and they don't want even to get near them? Yeah. Oh, just stay away from me. You're dangerous. So it, it doesn't work. But they, they have to have somebody to blame. They can't blame themselves, and they're not giving up uh, on the uh, vaccinations. And I think you made the point yesterday, you put a few dollar signs out there that uh, pe people make money, you know, on this thing. So they're not going to walk away soon. But uh, it does seem strange that you see this evidence doing one thing, then all of a sudden, uh, you know, that they, they do the opposite thing. So, um, but on, on the long run, though, I'm still remaining optimistic that more and more people are going to wake up. And, and I think more and more people now say, uh, why, why do I have to get vaccinated? You're vaccinated. Uh, you should be protected. But uh, it seems like the evidence. But, but, you know, even citing this evidence sometimes is risky, too, because yeah. they, might, uh, they might claim that uh, we uh, kowtow to some, some type of a cult. And, uh, <laughs> of course, I think we talked about a cult yesterday and explained yeah. what that was well, all about. <laughs> well, I think the, the real issue is messaging that's, that we're, uh, we're both scratching our head because, you know, that poll, that second question is that, you know, having a booster just shows that scientists are adjusting things to reality and they're coming up with new ways of dealing with some unexpected thing. I think most people would accept that because we know the science is not settled. You know, that things do change. And I think that would be something that would be more accepted by the American people if the White House said, look, here's the situation. Uh, yeah, those first two shots are great. However, you know, there are some changes. There's a variant, whatever. We've made some adjustments. And now uh, here's what we're doing. But they haven't even done that. They haven't even explained if I got two shots, why do I have to have a third one of the same thing? So the messaging is just really weird, uh, and I think they're starting to lose uh, some of the population on this very, very weird and bad messaging on it. But we, we shouldn't have to worry too much about that because uh, we have the internet to help us out. I remember how excited I was, well, I was when I just started to try to understand what's going on with all this uh, internet stuff. Then I found out there's a lot of information out there and a lot of useful information, a lot of opinions made. Yeah. And it looks to me like there'd be some great discussions going on. But uh, today we uh, see a headline that uh, uh, that is uh, sort of not uh, promoting volunteerism. <laughs> you yeah. know, they're saying, you, you know, if you don't obey the rules, you can get in, in trouble. And th this headline comes from the Washington Post. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Washington Post says YouTube is banning uh, prominent uh, users and blocking all people who do anything about uh, they come across as being anti-vaccine. Yeah. Well, I, have, have you met very many people who are just blatantly anti-vaccine i mean some people are anti-alcohol our president you know yeah. is one quality he has i think he's anti-alcohol because yeah. he had a bad experience within his family so but i'm sure there are some people who say all vaccines are bad but i don't i don't think we've had people on nor do we take that position we take the position that uh if you pretend to live in a free society you should at least uh, give us token uh, uh you, you know support for the idea 
that things become voluntary, voluntary. that uh, the way you live, the way you uh, live with friendships and where you work and what you do and uh, what kind of friends you have, who you marry and what, who's your sexual partner, is all voluntary. Yeah. Both sides agree. What a wonderful world could that be, you know, if everything was voluntary. But no, here is something that could be solved by voluntarism and uh, say, well, fine, uh, there's a lot of people who, uh, who, who think the vaccines are good and, and, and they may have their arguments or they may be watching more television than, uh, than we do and, and they have their side. But uh, can you imagine if anybody came along and the, uh, the, the lineups was, were a little different and just say, well, if you, if you state that, uh, that vaccines, uh, you, you know, are, 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 are not perfect and then get taken off the air yeah. or something, they're not going to allow it to happen. But right now, if, uh, if you, if you don't be, if you're not vaxxed, uh, then, then it comes down and you can be dismissed from distributing that information uh, on, on the internet. But my, my big complaint is social, social networks uh, are not independent, they're not free enterprise, and they're not journalists, and there's an there's a, 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 a underlying reason for doing that. And, and I think of uh, the, the collusion of uh, social networks and the collection of data uh, and statistics are very much shared between social media and also with the government. Yeah. Well, let's put up that clip, and this this is from the Washington Post, and I'm sure they're thrilled about it. Uh, they're thrilled about this news. YouTube is banning prominent anti-vaccine activists and blocking all anti-vaccine content. As you say, Dr. Paul, that is very subjective. Uh, if you go down here, so YouTube is taking down several channels associated with high-profile anti-vaccine activists, including Joseph Mercola and Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, two people who we know uh, and we know are not anti-vaccine activists at all, but they are uh, people who are giving information. Uh, they both claim that they're not, but they're actually just being erased from the debate. You can no longer be on YouTube uh, if you question anything. And it, it's, it, it sends a very chilling signal. And in fact, I have some some bad news in my closing about this as well, but it sends a chilling, chilling message to people about debate. And you can imagine if there was YouTube way back earlier in the last century, YouTube is banning any account that questions the safety and efficacy of the frontal lobotomy, because that was settled sign, <laughs> or anyone who questions the safety and efficiency of thalidomide for pregnant women. I mean, that's what's happening. Science is all about debate. That's what it should be. You know, this, the Soviets tried to end debate because they believed, and you've written about this in a, in a book that's coming, they believe they have settled science. Science now only goes according to Marxist theory. Well, they were proven very wrong. Um, and so by doing this, it sends, I think, a very, very chilling signal. Uh, and I have to say, Dr. Paul, and this is something that we have not announced yet, but for the first time ever, we have decided to not put the videos from our Washington conference on YouTube. And it's not because anything was wrong or anything was bad, but it's because of the atmosphere that's developed there where debate is no longer welcome. And we have for the first time, and I'll tell our viewers this, uh, we have entered into a deal with Odyssey to ha let them have a limited exclusive on 
the videos from the Ron Paul Institute Washington Conference. You can find them on Odyssey at Ron Paul and the first two videos are up for people to watch. And I hate to say that because YouTube has been very good to us uh, up until recently. Uh, and we haven't done anything bad. We've been very good. <laughs> but it's a very sad state of affairs. Well, it, it personally bothers me and uh, it should bother everybody because what they're saying is that we live in a society, there's a pretense that we live in a free society and we have our traditions. But really the attack is on liberty. You know, voluntarism is liberty. People can run their lives as they see fit as long as they reject the notion of using force. So uh, we recognize that. We do not believe that we should use force to impose our will on other people. But uh, any time somebody is successful, you know, you know with uh, ideas that contradicts the authorities that are using force, boy, that's bad. And that's, that's why they come down hard on this. And uh, you, you, you get punished for this. And the bigger the government is, the longer the authoritarian's been in charge, and the worse it gets because the country gets um, less moral and more bankrupt, and they have to have more power in order to sustain it. So all they have to do, if you have an inflation problem, all they can say, print more money. If there's a spending problem, just look at what they're doing in Washington right now. Just spend more money, that's going to solve the problem. It's always more, 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 and uh, then anybody who disagrees, uh, you know, are, are the, uh, or I follow your you're roadblocking this and here we want to help the people uh, so they don't think it in terms of the principle of personal liberty and I think that's where so much goes wrong and that's why I give the founders a lot of credit they had some principles that they were working hard to put into the Constitution and I, I we've uh, most people have recognized that it's not a perfect document, yeah. but uh, that was the goal. It was it's so much different than what is happening in Washington right now uh, and how, how people can get uh, blackballed and say, well, we, we don't want to hear from you. If you do that, we take you off the air. Yeah, you disappear. Well, unfortunately, that leads to a, my closing, which is not, it's not great news. Uh, and if we can put up uh, that next clip, uh, we don't use the Ron Paul Institute YouTube account very much because most of our work's done with the Liberty Report. But the Institute had its own uh, YouTube account, and we did put, let, I'll go back one, please. Um, here we go. So I went on yesterday. I had not uploaded anything onto our YouTube channel in at least a year or more, but I was gonna upload something from our student seminar, and I got this message. Hi, Ron Paul <coughs> Institute. We reviewed your content and found severe or repeated violations of our community guidelines. Because of this, we have removed your channel from YouTube. Then it says, we're sorry, this is upsetting news, uh, but we want to make it safe for everyone, and you can learn more here, and you can appeal it. So I did submit an appeal. Let's look at the next one. This is my appeal, because I went through and I said, there must have been some warnings. Maybe I'm not checking enough. I went back two or three years, and there was not a single warning or a single flagged video. And so I wrote back and said, we've received no warnings whatsoever of any violations on any video on this channel and all of a sudden it's removed. You don't point to a single video that violates your policy. I can only guess this has been an error. Please check and reinstate this channel as soon as possible or point to us the violations that warranted the removal. We didn't even have a single warning, much less any strikes on the channel. Uh, and so here's what they wrote back. Here's the next one. They said, we've received your appeal and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Then a little bit later, they said, 
thanks for your appeal. We've decided to keep your account suspended based on our community <coughs> guidelines and standards. And I replied in saying, well, what was the problem? Which ones were they? And let's look at the last one. I hit reply and said, well, what was it? Nope, address not found. You can't appeal the appeal suspended without warning, without providing a single bit of evidence of how we broke their rules. Nevertheless, everything is gone, including, I'm sad to say, the video of the opening, the very opening of the Ron Paul Institute, where we had Jimmy Duncan, we had Walter Jones, uh, all completely gone. Uh, no warning, no anything. And I would just appeal to people out there, if, if there's someone else <coughs> that has an idea about what we can do, because obviously we cannot get through uh, to, to YouTube, we can't get any help, we can't get any response, uh, and we're just gone. You know, and, and this could be settled in, in a free market, and it would be through contracts. What do they agree to? What do they sign up to? And then there's also the uh, principle of the implied contract, you know, that when, when you do it, uh, when you join an organization or something, the, the implication is, is that they're not going to give it to your enemies or your competitors and pass it around. It, it's just so bad. But uh, they, um, they're, they're ruthless with this, and uh, unfortunately, uh, it's, it has to be dealt with because there's legislation that's being proposed, and sometimes I read it and, you know, I, 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 I see some that's too broad for me. They just say, thou shalt not ever say anything. And it can't be that way. They have to have, have some rules about it, but the rules now are designed by social media, uh, which is a, a partner of the government, and uh, they, they share this information. So that's, that's where I have a problem. Uh, I, I would just want to mention a couple little things here as I close. Um, one, one thing is, is uh, the United States, uh, you know, is in, they're, they're still working hard on the uh, vaccine passport. I, they still strongly believe in this. And uh, so, but there's different countries have different passports, and I guess a passport is a passport, isn't it? I mean, national passports have been working that way. But uh, the Russians have a passport. Oh, well, that's different. You know, you can't trust those Russians. So uh, we, we, we don't want them to competing with, we have a several companies that have invested a lot of taxpayers' money in them making a lot of profits over here. And you can't have somebody saying, well, I want to travel to the United States or whatever with a Russian passport. But it's easy solution. U.S. to exclude travelers vaccinated with Russia's Sputnik Five despite distribution to 70 countries. It sounds like a pretty popular vaccine. Why don't they have a little scientific investigation and let the people decide and say, well, well which one's working best? Which one has the most side effects and, and, uh, and, and make a decision? No, the politicians will make the decision and, and protect some special interests. The other little thing is related to things that we've talked about before is once again, firing people. You know, if you don't have the vaccination, the blackmail thing, you do this, this, and the government's not doing it. They're, the government doesn't tell you that all these mandates, what we do is we tell the businessman who's dependent on the government and uh, they're denied entry into the government process, the banking system and, and the bailouts and that sort of thing. So the business people have joined as one of the reasons why we have business people that are so much involved with uh, cultural Marxism. But uh, the, the hospital system, the medical profession has been, uh, you know, involved with government for a long, long time, much more so since the government pays about 80% of all the bills when you add up, uh, you, you know, Medicare and Medicaid and all these things. 
But uh, the North Carolina hospital system just uh, uh, fired uh, the, the largest number at one time, 175. They committed a serious crime, though. They weren't vaccinated, and, uh, and they, um, they had a personal preference. They had other reasons, too. In a way, uh, you know, if they can get out of it with a, with a religious preference desire, if, so be it. But that's sort of sad. Why, you, why isn't it automatic that you can make up your own mind and make your own decision, what you put in your body without coming up with this little bit of excuse? You, could, you can do this. You can be, you can be excused from that. And, uh, but it's, it's never done on the principle that you have a right to deny this and, and, and re- refuse it. But anyway, with the concession of those principles, what I think long term are, are very, very dangerous. But, uh, you, you know, and the hospitals are hurting. They've already short of workers, uh, people who have left for a lot of different reasons. So the medical care conditions are going down. So in New York, I know this is happening, but this was in North Carolina. So what do they do? They have these problems. They don't have enough people there, and people are worried about the vaccine. Well, this fire a bunch of people. Well, when there's crime in the streets and they're shooting and killing and robbing wholesale and the police are, uh, if they interfere, they may get a greater penalty than the bad guys are getting. So they, they go in and what do you, well, how do you solve these cities? Well, go to Chicago, check how they do it. Well, what we need to do is get rid of the police. Obviously, it's the police's fault. So, so they, want, they, want to fire, they, they, they want to fire the police. And uh, this, is, this is something that really doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense. And uh, United Airlines, they, they got rid of the biggest number of any group now, hundreds. Hundreds. And uh, you'd think the TSA, I, I would say that we didn't do a good job. I spoke against the institutionalizing the uh, TSA, believing long term it would be a disaster. And uh, that's been around now. It's expanding. And... Uh, and, and p- people, you know, uh, uh, are fighting on airplanes, and it's, it's just horrible what's going on. And so, well, maybe they need a few more helpers. And, and they, they're, they're quitting. And fire them, fire them. It's just the people who are unvaccinated. They've caused all this trouble, you know, and it just goes on. I would predict that long term, and long term now is about a month away, long term, this nonsense is going to help drive our economy shattering downward because the seeds have already been planted by excessive spending, excessive printing of money, the, the uh, deficits run up by our governments and, and also what the Federal Reserve does. That's all been in place. There was absolutely going to be a correction for all the mistakes made for many, many years and you could argue even for decades. And so. That is a, a problem that's there. And then we're going to add all this on. We've come up with, uh, you, you know, uh, a, a reaction to COVID, which is a bit excesses, excessive because they, they made it illegal to have a voluntary approach to taking care of people's health. That was sort of assumed for hundreds of years in this country that the people were responsible for their health care. Any, anyway, uh, more people now are waking up to this, and, and there's the demonstrations, the resistance. Uh, they're growing, and people are saying enough is enough, and they're, they're out, uh, you know, standing, confronting the people, confronting school boards and city officials, and uh, because of the failure of the system. 
and that's why the polls aren't looking good for those people who have supported these these issues. And uh, I, I know it'd be easy to say, well, it's all B- B- Biden's fault, and but I, I don't see it quite that way. B- Biden's not not much of a of a, of an individual that's going to solve our problem. But I, I tell you what, it's it's a much bigger problem than Biden. It's the uh, he, he's the ultimate uh, conclusion of the principle of interventionism, that the government should intervene in our lives, in medicine, in schools, and the whole works. And uh, then eventually things quit working. And, uh, and unfortunately, people cry a lot and say, you know, we could solve this problem if we had, if we had more bipartisanship. Forget it. Uh, so some of these problems came about or I would think most of these problems came about because it's subtly and somewhere along the way, there's been way too much cooperation with the sacrifice of our liberties. But we hope, hope to participate in trying to change that and make sure that the people can have a chance to once again live in peace and prosperity. And that's what we're all about. Thank you for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.